something, let's change it. If we can't, then let's just trust God that he's going to work it out. Because ultimately he will, one way or the other. I don't profess to know what God has in store for any of us, not even me. But I do know that God is still on the throne. Amen? And no matter what happens, he's still going to be on the throne. I always tell us that we need to pray for our leadership because I think that that will determine a lot as far as our nation is concerned. Get this a little closer to me. There we go. But anyway, Friday the 13th, 1972, a Uruguayan Air Force plane was carrying a college rugby team to play to play a match in Chile. While flying over the Andes Mountains, the pilot got reported reported his location to the air traffic controllers and was cleared to begin his descent into Chile. Due to a cloud cover, headwinds, and miscalculations, the descent was initiated too soon. As a result, the plane crashed on an unnamed peak near Argentina. Twelve people died in the crash. Survivors had to withstand hunger, the fearful mountains, and 30 below zero temperatures during the night. <coughs> Most of the survivors lost hope when they heard over the radio that the search had ceased. Eventually, two of the survivors decided to cross the huge mountains to reach Chile. On the December 22, 1972, after being isolated for 72 hours, the world found out that there were 16 survivors that beat death in the Andes Mountains. Those few people surviving survived seemingly impossible circumstances. Now, I know sometimes we seem to face hopeless and impossible situations. And sometimes we get depressed. And we don't even want to get out of bed. We want to just throw the covers over our head and say, forget it, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm tired of it. And things may appear hopeless and impossible, but remember, with God, all things are possible. We forget that too often. We're so rounded up or locked up into our circumstances that we forget that with God, all things are impossible. And God deals in the impossible. You look up the word impossible in the dictionary, you'll see a, piece of, a picture of Jesus and it says nothing is impossible. Because nothing is impossible with him. We're just locked into the way that we think we can solve a situation, and so we allow those things to dictate our actions. We may be powerful, powerless, but our God is all-powerful. Even when we don't know what the future holds, we know who holds the future. I like that song we sang. I don't even think about tomorrow. I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. We can know that. If nothing else, we can know that God is holding our hand. No matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, God is there with us. So we don't have to worry about it. If we're in a storm, we need to remember that our God walks on water and can calm the sea. So if you're in a storm this morning, remember that. If we're walking through a dark valley, we need to remember that our God is the light of the world. No matter how dark your valley is, God is the light of the world. 
And I know in our darkness sometimes we wonder how in the world we're going to get out of this situation. And I don't know. I've been in situations where I didn't know how I was going to get out of them. Well, one thing I did know is that God knew. And when you look back on those circumstances and see how God did it, you say, wow. With God, there's always the wow factor, isn't there? We may not know, but God always knows. Now, Elijah was a prophet who survived many things, many difficult circumstances. And I want to look at an example this morning to see what he did. In 1 Kings 17.1, it says, Now Elijah the Tishbite, the Tishbe, from Tishbe in Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord of God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain for the next few years, except by my word. Now that took a lot of faith to do that. Took a lot of faith that after he said it, that God would honor his word and not let it rain for three and a half years. And that he would protect him for the three and a half years of drought. Now that's hard. You know, we have a lot of people that have said things in a congregational setting or in a, in, in a sermon or whatever it is that says this is what the Lord says. Because sometimes the Lord tells us things. Sometimes, you know, in, in a congregation, I don't know whether you've been there or not, uh, when there's been tongues and the interpretation, and the interpretation said, thus saith the Lord. And any time you say, thus saith the Lord, you better make sure that thus saith the Lord said it. That would scare me to death to say, thus saith the Lord, without knowing positively in my own heart that he said it. And um, God does say a lot of things to us. He talks to us in different ways. Sometimes our, our radio isn't turned to the right channel, so we don't hear his voice. We've got, we, we've got the world drowning out everything around us, and our problems are so overwhelming us that we just can't hear God's voice through it. And we're listening. We may be listening, and we can't hear it because everything's so loud. But see, we don't need to listen for a loud voice. Most of the time, God speaks to us in a whisper. You know, as a mother, you can, you can hear your kids yell, Mommy, or say mommy, without yelling. Because when we have little kids or grandkids, we have our ears turned tuned to their voice. And it's amazing how in a whole room full of, of peoples and a room full of mothers with kids, when one kid yells mommy because they're scared or afraid, that mother knows which kid it was. And that's the mother that responds. And it, I don't know whether you've ever seen that, but I have. And I know when my kids yelled, Mommy, I knew that they were my kids because we're tuned to that. And well, we're God's kids, and we need to be tuned to his voice. <clears throat> now today, if we was Elijah, with the Internet and everything, we'd have just sent an anonymous email that said, Thus says the Lord, it will not rain for three and a half years until you get another anonymous email. Because it would take a lot of faith in order to do that. Now, the first thing Elijah did to survive 
was trust God and be obedient. If we just did those two things, you'd be surprised how many circumstances in our life we could avoid. A lot of times we end up in circumstances because we got out of the will of God. We got out into the weeds. And we got stickers, and they're, they're sticking us all over the place, and it hurts. Well, we need to get out of the weeds and get back on the path. And it's a narrow path. It's not a large, long, wide path, the Lord said. It's a narrow path that we need to follow. And that narrow path is something that God has for each of us. You can't follow my path, and I can't follow yours, because God has a plan for each of our lives. We may walk together on that path at times. Now, all of us here are walking down the same road to heaven, <clears throat> but the path that we take is different because we all have a different plan. God has a different, different plan for us. Now, Ahab was the seventh king of Israel, and his wife was Jezebel. Now, Jezebel was very wicked, and we associate wickedness today with that name. People don't name their kids Jezebel, do they? Do you know any mother that would name her kid Jezebel? You know somebody that did? You would? I wouldn't. That, that, that's a name that, that just the synopsis with evil. And if you want to call and say something, you say, you're nothing but a Jezebel. Because she wasn't even a Jew, and Ahab married her anyway. He wasn't supposed to marry outside of his religion or race, if you will, but he did. Because it's amazing how the things of this world look more attractive than the things of God. And if, if Satan can cause you to get off the path to heaven by giving you a, a sexy-looking woman or a very handsome man, tall, dark, and handsome, he'll provide it. Because he doesn't want you following him. And there's a lot of people that have made those decisions and thought, oh, man, I'll convert him after we get married. Really? A lot of, sometimes that happens, but in a lot of cases it doesn't. It happens the reverse. They let that, that one that they turned, that they disobeyed God to marry, brings them down. In many, many cases. I've seen it over and over again. <clears throat> and if you've been tried to counsel that person afterwards, you have to avoid saying, I told you so. <laughs> but God knows, and Satan knows our weaknesses, but God knows it too, and he can give us strength. Now, who we associate with affects us. Whether we believe it or not, it does. When you got saved, your whole circle of friends started to change, didn't it? I know it did when we got saved. All of a sudden, our closest friends didn't want to associate with us except for one, and that was B, and they still associate with us now. They got saved eventually. But everybody else scattered away from us because they didn't want to be around us anymore because we weren't fun. We weren't fun anymore. And what that means is we didn't go out drinking around and being rowdy with them anymore. <clears throat> That's what having fun meant to them. But I've had more fun as a believer than I ever had as a non-believer. And because we were faithful, God allowed one of our greatest friends and closest friends to come to the Lord. 
He came first, then his wife, and then Randy. <laughs> we used to go over to their house, and they said, oh, do you have to bring her? She ain't fun anymore. <clears throat> but I was faithful, and God is faithful. If we don't give up, God changes things. He'll change the circumstances, change them, or he'll change us. But we need to trust God, and we're rewarded when we are. <clears throat> because of Abraham's wickedness, God decided he was going to punish Israel. Because as the leadership goes, so goes the people. The people of that day, if the, you can read it throughout your Bible. And there arose another king in Israel who was wicked. And so went the nation. When you have a weak, wicked leadership, you're going to have wicked people because that's just the way it is. I don't know why, but we follow that. That's why who we associate with is important. So we need to watch who we're associating with. Now, I know we need to associate with loved ones and friends who aren't believers if we expect to lead them to the Lord. But I don't know, you know, God would have to really speak in a loud voice to tell me go into a bar and preach his word. A lot of people have tried to say, well, I'm going to go into the bar where I used to go and convert them to Christ. But more times than not, it had the reverse effect. You go back to the pigsty you, that God took you out of and start wallowing around in it, you're going to get dirty. So I don't recommend that unless God overwhelmingly tells you that. <clears throat> so, But anyway, this, this plague or drought was going to last three and a half years. Now, this was in contrast to the plagues that Moses uh, said was going to happen because it only happened in Egypt. It didn't happen to God's people. But this drought affected the whole nation of Israel. didn't matter whether you were righteous or not. You were still affected by the evil or the unrighteousness of leadership. <clears throat> now, America is suffering because of some of our leadership. I'm not kidding you. I've seen so many ridiculous things come out of the, our so-called leadership. I can't believe it. You, know, you almost think it's a joke. But in reality, I, I'm not laughing anymore because they're dead serious about it. I mean, they're killing babies after they're born and, and calling an abortion and a woman's choice. I never thought I'd live to see that day. Of course, I never thought I'd live to see the, see the day when abortion would be as popular as it was. Of course, it's, it's leaning the other direction. The younger generations are starting to realize that this is not just a blob of nothing. It's a person. It's a baby. <clears throat> so it's getting better, but we need to pray, and we need to elect, vote wisely because we're responsible for our votes. If we vote for somebody that supports abortion, then we support abortion. You say, oh, no, no, I don't support that. I just support the other things that they're doing. No, it's a package deal. It's like being a little bit pregnant. There's no such thing as being a little bit pregnant. You either are or you aren't. And when we vote for leadership, we need to realize we need to vote for people that we can be proud of what they're voting for because it affects us. It affects our nation as a whole. Now, we finally got someone in here that's returned the White House to more of a religious environment. They have Bible studies in the White House every day. 
<clears throat> they have prayer meetings every day. And our president has uh, Christian leadership that he listens to, which is amazing. And if you ever, if did you, if you heard his uh, Easter speech or whatever you want to call it, you can tell that he meant every word about it. That Christ is risen, and uh, I was so excited to hear that when I heard him say it. The only president in our history that I'm aware of in my lifetime that would have said something like that. Now, Reagan was really, really good, and I liked Reagan a lot, but I don't remember him doing these kind of things to the degree that he has. And I know our president isn't the most whatever person that he is. I mean, he writes tweets. I wish he'd quit tweeting too. But he is making a change in America that's good, and I'm thankful for that. Now, we need to, um, we live in a fallen world, and believers aren't exempt from God's judgment. We're not. If we live in America and God judges America, we're going to suffer. And I think we've gotten a reprieve since uh, prayer and that has returned to the White House. I think we've gotten a reprieve of judgment. <clears throat> and I'm thankful for that because it's, it's more time we have to win our loved ones and our friends. Because I think the worst judgment that happens will be gone for. Because there's coming a day of reckoning when God will judge this world and he will judge America. The problem is, will we be here for it? I don't want to be here for it. I want to be gone. And we have a hope in Christ that we won't be here for that kind of judgment. <clears throat> we will face difficulty for, for disobedience as a person and as a nation. We need to understand that. Go to the next slide. Oh, there you go. Some pastors lose their jobs because they refuse to compromise the word of God. Some believers refuse to convert to Islam and are killed or put in prison. We see that a lot. They, we don't hear about it because it doesn't, uh, it doesn't support their views, so they just ignore it. Just like all those Christians in that were killed in Sri Lanka. We didn't hear about it on, uh, only on uh, a lot, some of the news channels because it wasn't Muslims that was killed or it wasn't another group that was killed. It was Christians, so they don't care about Christians. You can kill them all for all they care and you won't hear about it. But we need to realize that that's happening a lot. And we just had another Jewish temple, synagogue where someone went in and shot it up. We live in an anti-Semitic world an anti-Christian world. And our leadership is leading the way to it. We have some in, in our um, Congress and Senate that are very, very anti-Islam, anti-Islam, anti-Israel and anti-Christian. And they don't say anything to them. They're afraid of them. And I don't know why they're afraid of them. But they are. And so they get away with it. But don't you dare say anything towards about Christ. Don't you dare, or they'll be on you like flies on stink. <clears throat> Some of us have bills we can't pay or bad reports from the doctors. Some of our children have rebelled. Some are addicted to drugs or in jail. Our children may drink, be involved in homosexuality, sleep around or living with someone. 
There are faithful Christians with failed marriages and others have lost loved ones. Just because we're believers doesn't mean that we're not going to face bad things that happen. But in the midst of the storms, we may ask why, and so we blame God. Where are you, God? Why did you allow this to happen? What kind of a God would allow someone to go into a church and blow it up? Or allow someone to go into a school and shoot kids? What kind of God? Well, the problem is God gave people free will, and he doesn't interfere with that. He could force people to serve him, but he doesn't want that. He wants a willing people to serve him and to love him. And I'm sorry, but you know, I'm sorry for uh, all those things that happen. But God isn't to blame. We are. It's our sin nature that's responsible. So don't let anyone blame God for this stuff. Because God's the same place he was when Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He knew that Jesus had to die or we could not be saved. Now, I know as a mother, I would not want my kid dying on a cross for you. It would not happen. If you needed my son to die for you, for your sins, or or go to hell for the rest of your life, enjoy hell. You know, because I wouldn't do it. But God did because he loved us. And he wanted to save us so we could be with him. So we need to know that the only hope to survive our circumstances is to live for and trust in God, irregardless of what's going on. And as believers, we aren't promised a life free of trouble. If we, we had a life free of trouble and that was a promise, this place would be packed. I don't have to have any problems anymore. Man, I'm going there because I don't want problems and trouble. I'm going to go there. But that isn't the way it is, is it? We have problems. In fact, sometimes we suffer more as believers than we ever did before. Anyway, it seems like that sometimes, doesn't it? <clears throat> we know that we, when we live for, live for and trust in God, he has a plan And nothing happens by chance. We are where we are because of God's plan. Now, if we get off of God's plan, he allows things to happen to push us back on. And when bad things happen, that's when people call out to God. So if God did away with all the bad things that's happened, no one would call out to God because we would be our God. And there's a lot of people that we, they are their own God. And you can tell it by the way that they talk. I don't need no God. I am the God of my own universe. And they flaunt it. They don't care. They don't believe in God anyway, so they could care less. And one one person I read about that <clears throat> they want to start euthanizing people that are 70. Once you turn 70, that's it. Your life's over. And that's something that's going to start infiltrating our Senate. If they're willing to kill babies who are the most innocent among us, why not kill the old people? I mean, after all, it's the old people, the ones that's sucking up all the money, right? They're the ones that's sucking up all the medication that we pay for. They're sucking up all the doctor's money for visits when we could be giving them to illegals. You know? I tell people, work hard. Illegal depends on it. 
You know, we laugh at that, but the reality is that's true. They get more benefits than our old people get. I think I would like to get about $3,800 a month. Wouldn't you, Pammy? <laughs> well, that's what they get. They get about $3,800 a month per person in, our, in benefits from us, and we pay for it. But what do our old people get? They don't even get half of it, most of it. Most of them don't even get half that much. So there's an unfair system that we live in. But they can't see it, but they don't care because all they care about is votes. They believe they're going to vote for them. So we want more of that kind because they'll vote for us. And that's the only reason that they want it. First <clears throat> Kings 17, 2 and 3. Then the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in Kareth Ravine, east of Jordan. When we live for and trust in the Lord, he will guide us where he wants us. Now, running and hiding from the king was a good idea for Elijah. That was okay, man. That was a pretty good idea. I'm okay with that. But we only should run if God tells us to. If you're in a circumstance that you could run from, of course, if it's a sinful circumstance, not only run, flee as fast as you can. But don't run from every circumstance until you find out if God wants you to. <clears throat> the Lord told Elijah where to go and what to do. Now how he told him, I don't know. I would imagine Moses, he talks to him the same way he talks to us. The power of the Holy Spirit comes on him and he, and he talks to him. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. Of course, the Holy Spirit lives within us. And we can talk to the Holy Spirit every day, all the time, 24 hours a day if we want. And whether it was oppression, whether it was an audible voice, I don't know. I've had conversations with God when it was just like he was sitting in the same room with me. And I was saying something and he was repeating or answering it, what I was saying. Does that happen every time? No. But it does happen. But Elijah was faithful to follow him. So in facing difficulty, it's not easy to listen to God or even like what he says. Now, sometimes we don't listen to God because he might tell or ask us to go somewhere we don't want to go. God told Elijah to go hide by the brook, which was a de desolate and lonely place. <clears throat> in difficult circumstances, we may find ourselves in a desolate and lonely place. <clears throat> Not every time, but sometimes we might. And what are you going to do and do there? In difficult times, Jesus may be all we have, but we need to remember that Jesus is all we need. In any circumstance, as long as we have Christ in our life, we have everything that we need. He can provide rock from the water, manna from heaven. He can provide help. He can provide every, anything that you need. He can provide. <clears throat> now we've heard, <clears throat> sometimes our plans are different from God's plans. Now I know we've all heard the saying, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. Seems like every time I tell God my plans, it's just the opposite. I don't know whether he's trying to get me to quit telling him what I'm going to do <laughs> and start asking, it, asking us, asking him I mean, I, know, well, I didn't like it when our kids told me what they were going to do. 
You ain't telling me what you're going to do. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. And God's the same way. He's a parent. And we don't tell God what to do, what we're going to do, because he'll show us we don't. And sometimes we may end up in a desolate, lonely place because we try to tell God what we're going to do. <laughs> but Elijah knew that God would provide if he's faithful and obedient. And well, God will provide for us if we're faithful and obedient. When Christ sends us into a storm, there's a reason even though we don't understand it. Now, I hate storms. And I know what you do too. We don't like them. We like just nice, clear, clean sailing. That's nice. Be on the water in a nice, calm sea. That's what we would like. But unfortunately, no matter how long you're on the ocean in, in calm water, sooner or later a storm's going to come up. And you need to know how to survive that storm. <clears throat> the only way we do is through Christ. Now, it's hard enough to go where we don't want to go, but it's even harder to stay there. Now, we're in a, when we're in a place we don't want to be, we don't want to stay there. And every day is such a hassle. Of course, if we would just say, okay, I'm here. I'm going to serve God while I'm here. I'm going to do what he wants me to do while I'm here. And God change my heart or change my circumstances, one or the other, then God will. And we can be in those places we didn't want to go and love it if we let God change our heart. <clears throat> now, some of us have been fighting battles for months or even years. And we're tired, frustrated, discouraged, and ready for some relief. And every time you turn around, it doesn't seem like any relief is coming. You get over one thing, and there's another thing right behind it. And sometimes it's worse than the thing you just got over. Now, Paul was tired of his thorn in the flesh. And he prayed for it daily that God would take it away. Now, I don't know what it was, but it was something that interfered enough in his life that he wanted it gone. And even him, the great apostle who prayed for people to get healed, couldn't remove, get God to remove the thorn, praying, praying, praying. Where then we find out in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it's God's answer. He said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, after God spoke to Paul, Paul was willing to keep his thorn. In fact, he was happy to keep it because he didn't, he, God told him, hey, I take away this thorn, you might not serve me. And Paul would rather serve God with a thorn, whatever it is, than not serve him and fail God. Now, I would too, wouldn't you? I'd rather have all these problems that we have in our life and go to heaven then have God remove all those problems, go to hell. I don't want to, so I say, oh, yeah, God, if this circumstance I need to make me stronger, and if you remove it and it doesn't help me, don't remove it, even though I hate it, even though I'm struggling, even though I'm fighting it with every breath I have. Well, we need to look at it that way. We need to pray to God and trust him that he's going to remove problems when it when it's time <clears throat> we can't get ahead of God if we get ahead of God is when we get in trouble 
Now, Elijah served his, survived his circumstances because he lived for and trusted in the Lord. First uh, Kings 17.4 You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. <clears throat> now, hiding didn't require a lot of faith. He wanted to run and hide anyway. But believing the ravens would come and feed you? That'd be kind of something different, wouldn't it? That'd really take a lot of faith. I don't know as I could do that. I'd have a hard time believing ravens was going to bring me food every day. Or they'd bring me bugs. Because ravens' food are bugs and carrion and dead stuff. Of course, I eat dead, dead cow all the time, but not after it's roadkill. <clears throat> I don't want any roadkill. <laughs> uh, 1 Kings 17, 5 and 6. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Carthage, being east of Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Now, Elijah obeyed God, but I wonder if God waited till Elijah was very hungry to the point where he was saying, Hey, God, where are those ravens? I'm hungry. Don't you know I'm hungry? I'm sitting here waiting for my dinner. Where is it? Send the waiter over here. I got to complain about this restaurant. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't say. But he trusted God and the ravens came and fed him. Just like God promised. God does everything he promises. All you got to do is look in your past to see how many times God has come through and honored his promises. <clears throat> 1 Kings 17, 7. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Sooner or later, our brook's going to dry up. Maybe it's a job. Maybe that's our brook. Maybe our brook was a good job, a death in the family, or our health. Elijah found himself in a difficult situation, and it would have been easy to get discouraged. You know, here I am, I got food, but I don't have no water. What am I going to do? Now, he may have been tempted to feel sorry for himself. That's what we have a tendency to do. And get depressed, or just say, forget it, throw your hands up in the air, and go over and look for water yourself. But he didn't. He stayed there until God told him what to do next. See, that's the problem that we have sometimes is that God tells us to do something or be somewhere or whatever it is, and we give up before God tells us to do something else. Everybody asks, well, what's God's will for my life? Most of what God's will is is in his word. Read his word and you find most of the, his will for your life. But those times when he tells you he wants you in a specific place, you stay there until he tells you he wants you somewhere else. Even if the brook dries up, if you lose your job, maybe you had a good job that moved you there. Now you're there abandoned because you lost that job. Just stay there. Don't try to do, do things, take over things by your own hand because usually you'll mess it up. Make it worse. But when we're faithful, God is faithful. First <clears throat> Kings 17, 8 and 9. 
Oh, did I miss that verse? Try the next one. Maybe I try the next slide. It's not there? Okay. 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 <clears throat> then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Now that's another story, the great story, but I won't get into that because I will be here a lot longer than you want to be, probably. And I want to quit preaching before you quit listening. That's the secret, right? <laughs> Are you still listening this morning? Yeah. I'm getting, I only got, I'm on my last page. <laughs> Have we given up and left our dried up brook before God told us what to do next? I've done that before, and I've messed it up, and I've made the situation a lot worse. There are people who left this church because we didn't do things their way, or they didn't like what I put on my personal Facebook page, or that I preached too much against certain sins, or because the grass just seemed greener on the other than a different church. Now, in my opinion, these people left the brook searching for something better and not trusting God. And when Elijah looked at his circumstances, I'm sure he wondered what God was up to. It's easy to do. I look over what's going through with me every time I turn around, something else. You know, I don't like being in this wheelchair, but I know in three weeks I'll be able to get out of it, the Lord willing. Then I have to start walking again, which won't be fun. But uh, <clears throat> I could give up, but I can't give up. Because like Peter said, when the Lord asked him, when people started deserting him, and he asked his disciples, are you going to leave too? With a heart breaking over the ones that have left. And Peter says, Lord, where would we go? For only you have the words to eternal life. Where can we go? We have nowhere to go. You know, if it wasn't, you know, we're all going to have problems in this world, whether you're a believer or not. But if you're not a believer, you don't have God to help you through it. No wonder people drink. No wonder they take drugs. We have an opiate problem in America. Actually, we have a sin problem in America. The root cause is sin. Opioids is just a symptom of the sickness of a nation that's turned their back on God. And I still believe with all my heart we're going to have a revival in America. Now we can make things legal, but God doesn't need God won't make them legal just cuz man did. I don't care what they say, abortion will always be wrong. I don't care. Make it make it okay with the law. God said it's it's murder. And a lot of people are going to have to stand before God and give an account for murder. And I don't want to be one of them. And if, you, if you've had that, been in that situation and that's in your past, all you got to do is pray and ask God for forgiveness. And God will forgive you. Those babies that they're murdering, they're in heaven. They are. Every single one of them's in heaven. It doesn't matter whether that, that baby is one second old or nine months old when they murder it. They're in heaven. And Jesus said, woe to anyone that hurts any of these little ones. It was better for them that, that they would not have been born. 
And he's going to have a judgment for those that have hurt our children. I'd be scared to death to face God if I would have hurt a child like that. Or if I have and haven't asked for forgiveness. <clears throat> and I never thought I'd see the day when so many parents are murdering their children. And I thought about it when mine were growing up. <laughs> if you're a parent, you know, I'll tell you, they got smart mouths on them. You know, tell my kids, I'm going to hit you so hard, I'm going to knock you into tomorrow. I know, you, you parents weren't like me. Next week, next week, into, into the next week, that's what it is, that's what, that's what it was. I'll tell you, there was days I'd like to have. When I got older, I didn't spank them. I punched them in the face because they were too big to put over my lap. And I still have a pretty good right hook. <laughs> but I don't use it. You know, God's taken a lot of things out of me. I'm glad he's changed me a lot. And the people that used to know me are amazed that I'm a preacher. They can't believe that. But God has a way, a sense of humor, and a way to change People's lives that only he can change. <clears throat> of course, there's been times that say, God, just give me five minutes. Just five minutes. You know, this new show that's on called The Purge. I haven't watched it, but I just heard about it. They're allowed to kill somebody for one day of the year. On a one day, you can kill anybody you want, and it's okay. Man, I'll tell you, there's some days I'd like that one day. Most of them are in, the, in our Congress. <laughs> Or Senate. <laughs> but I just pray for them. You know, we can pray for them and God will deal with them. And do what we can to get them out of office. All we can do. <clears throat> anyway. Every day the ravens brought him food. And I'm sure Elijah got tired of being lonely. Tired of the scenery and tired of the same food every day. But he resisted the temptation to take matters into his own hands. He'd be faithful. God's going to be faithful. He had that faith and trust in God. And God ordered the provisions for Elijah to be delivered in Cherith. Now, some of us aren't getting our needs met because we moved out of the will of God, and he's provided for us in a certain place, and we're not there. God doesn't change his destination because we have. So if you aren't getting your needs met, ask God, am I where I need to be? Did I move? Because if we're not close to God, guess who moved? God's in the same place. So if we want to be close to God, we need to go back where we started losing our closeness and make things right. <clears throat> now some of us may be in the center of God's will and facing difficult circumstances. You know, just because we're in the middle of God's will doesn't mean we're going to have roses and cherries in our life. Roses have thorns, and cherries are in tall trees that we have to pick. <laughs> and if you eat too many of them, what happens? You spend a lot of time in the, in, on a porcelain throne. <laughs> so anyway, some of us may be facing those circumstances because we aren't in God where we God wants us to be. <clears throat> Surviving our circumstance requires trust, obedience, and faith. Now, God told Elijah where to go and what to do, and that's exactly what he did. 
The only hope Elijah had was to trust God. The only hope we have is to trust Christ, not our family, not our friends, not, not ourselves. Our faith is, has to be in God because that's the only hope that we have. Now, if we can do things and God says, hey, do something, you know, if you're sitting home and thinking, man, I'm awful hungry, I, I, you know, where's God? Well, get up and go get a job. You know, if you're looking for a job, God will meet your needs as long as you're doing your part. But God isn't going to honor us if we're being couch potatoes. Say, God called me to be a couch potato. I'd like to know where that's at. That's a good verse. Where is it? <laughs> I can tell you it does not exist. <laughs> the only time we, we can be a couch potato is in the will of the Son and the will of God. And that's where we need to pay, stay until he tells us to do something else. <clears throat> We need to trust and lean on him in order to survive. But he does hold the future, and he will give us direction. But things got worse for Elijah. The brook dried up, but he didn't move until the Lord told him to. How many times have we trusted God and things got worse? You know, we witness to our loved ones, and, and they, get, they get ornerier, don't they? That's just God convicting them. Sometimes people get worse because they're under conviction. That's okay. Just say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. God's dealing with them. We need to remember that God wasn't surprised when the brook dried up. He didn't say, oh, no, what am I going to do? I sent Elijah to this place, and I've even sent the ravens to feed him, and now he's out of water, and that stinking brook dried up. What am I going to do now? God wasn't surprised. He knew it was going to dry, dry up. So Elijah stayed there until the time at the brook was over, and God told him to go somewhere else. So he's not surprised. When our circumstances seem hopeless, he acts, he's not surprised because he has a plan. If your circumstances seem hopeless, God has a plan. I don't know what that plan is, but one day he, you will because he'll show you. We may not know the future, but God knows every chapter of our lives, every single thing that's going to happen to us, every single thing that he allows to happen to us. Because remember, nothing can happen to us unless God allows it. So if you, you know, get on your knees and ask God, say, what's going on that I needed this trial or this circumstance? Someone said the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. No matter how bad things get, God is right there with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. Romans 8, 28 says, And we need, there we go, and we need, we know that all, that in all things God works for good for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Amen. Now this is, God, this is God's promise to believers to those who are called according to his purpose, for those that are following him, all things are going to work, work for the good. Not for, if we're not following, following him, he's going to use it as a lesson for us. But everything that happens to it, he's going to turn around and use it some way to make it, make it a good lesson for us. <clears throat> Anyone can trust God when things are good, but when it's, the brook dries up is when we grow. That's the problem. We need to, when the brook dries up is when we find out where our relationship with God is. 
Do we stay there and trust him, or do we run around like a chicken with his head cut off? It reminds me of that video I saw of a chicken that did have its head cut off and lived. You see that video? Look it up, chicken with its head cut off that lived. Do it, and it shows you. The guy went out to, kill, to have wanted dinner, chicken for dinner. He went out and cut the head of the chicken off, and it didn't die. It lived a year and a half, and he took it around the country and um, <coughs> used it, like you know, made money for people to come and watch the chicken when it didn't have a head. Now, he had to fed it, feed it through the neck, <coughs> and that's how it died. It, it choked on food. That's how it died. But, you know, look it up. It's real. I... I almost called someone a liar when I said, oh, that's ridiculous. There's no way in the world that could happen. But it did. So now all of you are going to go home and look for the chicken with its head cut off that lived. It's got a picture of it, too. So, just so you know. <clears throat> God was preparing Elijah for something special. And God is preparing us for something special. Don't leave until we get the full benefit of the circumstances that we need. We need that growth in our bodies. If it can't help us, it'll help someone else. I've, I don't know how many times that people have told me about a circumstance that they've been going through, and I'm able to talk to them and say, I know what it's like because I've been there. You know, it's kind of hard to talk to somebody about something when you don't know, when you've never been there. It's harder, isn't it? We can empathize with them and we can pray with them, but we can... Use it as a, as a teaching thing. <clears throat> so we can survive our circumstances when we live for, listen to, trust, and lean on the Lord. It's the only way it's going to happen. Amen? Let's pray. <clears throat> our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful again for the